over your head. Now extend your legs straight out past your head as far as you can go. Flex your feet. Touch your toes to the floor behind you. Keep supporting your lower back with your hands and keep breathing. This is a yoga stretch called the plow. You should try to hold this position for two minutes. Try to do this stretch every day. It keeps your spine flexible. It's a very good stretch for when you're tired. You should never do it unless you're warmed up. Stretch it out even farther. Close your eyes and relax your forehead and your eyebrows. Now drop your knees down to your shoulders next to your ears and hold it. Keep supporting your back with your hands. Now extend your legs back out again and grab your ankles with both hands. And you're going to roll down very, very slowly, one vertebra at a time. If you're lying on a wooden floor, you should feel each vertebra as you hit the ground. Control the speed by holding onto your ankles. Try to drag your legs across your face. Very slowly. Very slowly. When the small of your back is on the floor, let go of your legs. Hug your knees into your chest. Stretch out fully. Point your toes, stretch your arms out on the floor. Reach up the right side by stretching your arm in one direction, your right leg in the other. Now stretch the left side. One more time to the right. Reach that arm way out. And to the left. Live for a moment. One more one. Okay, folks, it's time for Gray Matters. I hope you moved your ass, and I hope you moved it right, because it's over now. Well, uh, it's a little after 6.30 p.m., and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim DeWire. Wiener mania is done. Boy, that was quick. That was quick. And uh, while I'm not going to defend uh, Anthony Weiner, I find it very interesting that uh, more and more evidence is now emerging that he was set up to some degree. Uh, it's interesting that Saturday's New York Times has a headline entitled, In an effort to get information on Weiner, Twitter uses, users adopted fake identities. So there were a number of fake identities by uh, Weiner's political opponents. Um, I'm not going to spend too much of my life investigating these people, but it's interesting that they created a fake um, Twitter contact by the name of Nikki Reed, 17 years old. Apparently she didn't exist. Uh, and sort of the guilt by association uh, tried to implicate him in this scandal, and it's very interesting that Mike Stack of New Jersey, who is a member of, get this one, Born Free Crew. <laughs> um, 
he's involved in this case, and they are definitely connected to Goats Red. You can look this up on the Internet to uh, kind of get an idea of what happened to Anthony Weiner. Uh, we mentioned last week, of course, you can't be set up unless you're sort of up to mischief already in the famous uh, movie The Sting. Newman and Redford, of course, set up a bigger gangster as part of an act of revenge. My recollection is uh, one of Redford's pals, he was kind of a con artist, small-scale small con artist, gets uh, beaten pretty badly, beaten up pretty badly by the mafioso guy. So they go to elaborate attempts to set him up, and of course they do. And in the uh, American tradition of rooting for the underdog, we... Uh, we, we see Newman and uh, Redford as good guys. So there is mischief involved in the Anthony Weiner scandal. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, uh, federal investigators are not going to go into this too much, but rest assured that there were some fake identities used. And I am suspicious that there really was anything, quote, X-rated. I think that it was probably... Uh, Bare chests and uh, waxed, oh, I think the, waxed mustaches. Yeah. <laughs> the Sears underwear ad that you brought in last week, I think, is probably just about as spicy as the tweets of Wiener Mania. Yeah. But uh, it does underscore... Uh, the dangers. The intangibility of uh, material ideas, personalities, entire constructs uh, as they can be found on the Internet. And we say found as though they existed in a real time or place. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the problem with the Internet. Yeah. And I suppose it's strength as well, uh, as uh, we are sometimes accused on this program of uh, not quite being Luddites, but uh, uh, skeptics, skeptics about the Internet and its many uh, wondrous properties, uh, because another big story from last week involved the fake Syrian lesbian yeah. blogger, the mm -hmm. gay girl from Syria, um, which, of course, was a complete fiction created by a dude from Virginia studying in Scotland, a guy named Tom McMaster. Must have been those kilts he was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, he admits to having been a frustrated novelist that, uh, once this uh, fictitious identity began to take off and get a number of hits, um, he thought that he should come clean, but it just ballooned into an overnight sensation. He was getting hundreds of thousands of hits. And um, Evgeny uh, Morozov, uh, who was a professor at Stanford University, observes that uh, McMaster perhaps unintentionally has helped to highlight the shallowness and ideological bias that accompany much of the reporting on issues such as digital activism and Internet freedom. Uh, he goes on to uh, comment uh, further down his piece, uh, a wake-up call from a fake Syrian lesbian blogger, which sounds like the punchline to some joke and perhaps is... Uh, that, too. Uh, this is from the Financial Times of June 17th. Uh, Morozov uh, goes on to comment that uh, seen through the prism of Amina Gate, there's that uh, oh, <laughs> profligate uh, suffix there, Gate, Amina Gate, that's the fictitious name of this fictitious uh, Syrian lesbian. Seen through the prism of Amina Gate, U.S. Central Command's plans to fund software 
that would automatically create fake virtual personalities to help win the online battle for hearts and minds look untenable and counterproductive. Well, that's the first I've heard of U.S. Central Command's plans to engage in such subterfuge. Uh, what an utter waste of money that would be mm -hmm. uh, to, to fund software that would automatically create fake virtual personalities. Half of what's on the Internet right now is already fake. Yes. So you're not going to win hearts and minds with fake virtual personalities. You win hearts and minds by doing good things, tangible things that affect people's lives. And, of course, I didn't bring in this story. Uh, I neglected yeah. to bring it in, but uh, it's, this story's not going away. It's just getting started. It's fascinating, by the way, that uh, Juan Cole, professor here at the University of Michigan, apparently was the target of um, espionage by our government. Uh, Juan Cole, of course, has a very popular and widely read blog. Uh, blog rhymes with flog. <laughs> Frog and a bunch of other things. Uh, bog. <laughs> Think bog, by the way, tonight regarding uh, <clears throat> the events over atop of the park. It's my understanding that our own Sue Dice will be uh, spending desks in collaboration with a uh, reading and listening party sponsored by Arbor Brewing. I mention Arbor Brewing because they are good people. We collaborate with them on movie night. Uh, Support your local merchants. Every uh, month, and uh, this is described, by the way, as a uh, a uh, consortium. There's going to be a reading and uh, spinning session. Uh, this uh, I'm getting this from the uh, AnnArbor.com spotlight, with excerpts from Continuum Books, 33 and a third series of books about classic rock albums, followed by guest DJ. Mixing from the artist song book and tonight's guest, reader Bob Needham, entertainment director of uh, AnnArbor.com, and the Pogues, Rum, Sodomy, and the Lash, uh, featuring Sue Dice, WCBN's own Sue Dice, one of our favorite people down here on Gray Matters. So if you're listening to us in the car, uh, that starts, by the way, at Top of the Park outside tonight over there on the Ingalls Mall. Free, open to the public, and educational, which we like no to doubt. promote down here on Gray Matters. But anyway, back to Juan Cole. It's fascinating that this uh, article uh, appeared in the front pages of the New York Times, which is actually one of the only continuing legitimate investigative newspapers left in America as more and more um, newspapers fall by the victim of the Internet, ironically, mm -hmm. in which more and more news uh, is uh, packaged and repackaged into portals with uh, incredible... Uh, things just disappear now. It's, it's, it's fascinating how that, that goes. Um, we'll have to maybe do a story on that at some point, how a story can actually appear on a... Uh, an expose, for instance, can appear on CNN, and within a week you can't even find it anywhere. It's been whitewashed from the history pages, uh, a la Joseph Stalin. Photographs, you know, are uh, yeah. Well, that's the photoshopped. danger, right? That's the danger of a uh, no hard copy society. Uh, the permanent records are impermanent by definition, uh, as a result of ongoing digital reorganizing. 
and manipulation. Oh, well, I'm seeing that the... I'm getting a correction on my information here. Apparently, this is not top of the park. This is uh, actually at uh, the uh, at Arbor Brewing. Um, well, I guess this is the problem with cross-referencing entertainment issues. I thought this was what was going on at top of the park because I used another publication. Um, so Sue Dice is at Arbor Brewing. Uh, thanks to Andrew for correcting me on that. I guess uh, it says Ann Arbor Summer Festival. Whatever. <laughs> Confused. But uh, confusion reigns uh, in America. <laughs> Indeed. It's the ball of confusion. The ball of wax of confusion. And, of course, Anthony Weiner is undoubtedly confused. But back to Juan Cole real quickly. Diane Feinstein has uh, announced a Senate investigation into the matter of uh, House uh, or uh, intelligence agencies spying on uh, Juan Cole, trying to dig up derogatory information, uh, this uh, reminiscent so uh, oh, poignantly of the uh, tutelage or the tenure of J. Edgar Hoover. Uh, the ultimate American blackmailer. Uh, this was the kind of mischief he was up to for years and years. Uh, FBI keeping the Communist Party going for many years. And I suspect that the FBI, even while they do many good things, are probably uh, fabricating some Islamic fundamentalist terrorists on the Internet here and there. Mm -hmm. uh, don't be surprised if that emerges uh, in the future. Um Barack Obama, of course, uh, after the death of bin Laden, which, uh, interestingly, I think is all but confirmed now that Ayman al-Zawahiri has declared himself the successor, the impish man in the turban, not terribly charismatic and far more radical than bin Laden uh, in approach, uh, he's uh, declared him the successor of al-Qaeda. And it's fascinating that in today's uh, New York Times... Um, there is a story breaking, so to speak, that uh, according to David Sanger, uh, in a news analysis, it appears that the president is set to speed up troop reductions from Afghanistan. Well, we'll see if that materializes in a couple of weeks. But uh, all the reasons are stated. Uh, Al-Qaeda is all but gone from the area and... Uh, Further complications with Pakistan and the continuing problems with Karzai, uh, the, accompanied by a adjoining article that says Karzai is testing U.S. patients, Envoy says, and this is uh, regarding Karzai attacking the United States uh, for domestic political reasons. Um, hopefully that's a good development and we can accelerate our departure from Afghanistan. Uh, fascinating, by the way, that the House of Representatives uh, got into the act of this uh, Obama uh, flogging without blogging in which they uh, are now invoking, amazingly, the War Powers Act to claim that Barack yeah. Obama has exceeded his authority regarding the Libyan operations. Isn't that just utterly jaw-dropping? Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's, it's hard to think of an accurate comparison, uh, you know. It's like a, a large fat man uh, seeing a somewhat 
less fat man eating an ice cream cone and saying, well, you should stop doing that. Yeah. That's bad for you. Right. Um, the Republicans have led the charge to every foolhardy military uh, expenditure of the last 50 years. Yeah. And have dragged their feet every time it's ever been uttered or argued, we need to get out. What was the phrase John McCain used? Cut and run. The anathema with mm-hmm. which that phrase was, you know, the venom with which it was spewed uh, is just, uh, it, it just, it's like getting hit in the head with a board here to listen to Republicans say, oh, yes, these wars are too costly. Yeah, all of a sudden they're too costly. And, you know, by the way, the Libyan operations are approaching a billion dollars, and they are costly to some degree, but they pale in comparison to the occupation of Iraq. Two billion a week for Afghanistan, folks. And, Af- you know, and Af- Afghanistan. I mean, these, this is the example. We've used this before, but the Republicans are very good at confusing the American people. They like to talk about $300 million, and they like to ignore $1 trillion. Yeah. Because in the minds of some Americans that have are very uh, numerically challenged, they think that three hundred million is bigger than one trillion. Because it's just the one. It's the one versus the three thirty. It's it's sort of like that's like when you're a kid changing a nickel for a dime. Oh come on, the nickel's bigger, kid. Yeah, or <laughs> like uh, um, Stephen of... Colbert inserting the farthing into the oh. me- mechanical horse. <laughs> The farthing, by the way, for the historical record, was a very big copper coin. That you actually cut pieces off of. Yeah. You could. Um, it made the, the, the poor man think that he was very wealthy because he had a yeah. big coin uh, worth nothing. Worth a quarter of a cent, as I recall. <laughs> a quarter of a penny. <laughs> it took four farthings to buy a loaf of bread. Well, speaking of, uh, of poor men who think they're rich men, uh, let's give Mitt Romney a brain damage award for saying that uh, while he thinks that U.S. troops should be pulled out of Afghanistan as soon as possible, uh, he has said that he would rely on the advice of the military to ensure that the country was left safe. And so here's the, the, you know, the setup, basically. It's easy for a candidate to say anything at all. But, of course, once you actually are the president, because Obama com- campaigned on the same idea, and many of us, uh, from, you know, left, center of left, wherever you find yourself, if you voted for Obama, were disappointed that he didn't immediately withdraw from Afghanistan, a losing proposition since it began. Just yeah. like Afghanistan, or excuse me, just like Iraq. Uh, but uh, there's an entire system and uh, the, the most heavily funded war machine in human history is uh, running full tilt in this regard. And so it's difficult to withdraw, to pull back, to organize it politically so that it's, you know, possible to line up the votes. Well, it's particularly difficult in the case of Obama because throughout the 2008 presidential election, um, he attacked Bush for ignoring Afghanistan. Right. So by implication, he painted himself into that corner. He did paint himself into the corner. Uh, He had no choice. And while he was uh, accused of dithering uh, because he took six months to debate the pros and cons of the escalation and review the strategy, et cetera, et cetera, he seems to have gone about it in a rather careful way. And yes, there have been some marginal improvements on the ground uh, on behalf of the uh, so-called military operations, but the end game is what's unclear. 
And um, it's remarkable that the Republicans would adopt this uh, War Powers Act because they've always dismissed it as unconstitutional. McCain and Lindsey Graham themselves were attacking Obama weeks before we ever got involved in Libya. Mm-hmm. And the actual accusation that con- that Congress was not consulted, I think, is clearly bogus. Um, this was discussed openly in the media for weeks on end before America ever got involved in air operations. Um, that Congress is doing not doing its job is is clear. I mean, it's 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 palpably clear. Congress is at the lowest approval ratings in, of all time. Um, they are having fruitless debates about the debt ceiling that, of course, is. Uh, not helping uh, economic recovery, and um, it, it. I mean, this is just political. This is a political charade, and of course, you know, it's interesting that Dennis Kucinich is involved in this uh, uh, War Powers Act challenge or whatever it is. But uh, the Senate is going to kind of ignore this. This is uh, political theater, mm-hmm. and it's just one more uh, example of the uh, mechanical horse and. Uh, Ringing bells and loading muskets with the musket with gunpowder that's spilling all over the place. Well, if the Republicans are serious as they claim to be about cutting spending, and of course they're holding the entire debt ceiling uh, debate uh, hostage in a way by calling for spending cuts in return for an increase in the amount the government can borrow. Let's just make the complete 100% withdrawal from uh, Afghanistan and Iraq a fact. Let's make it happen. Yeah. And let's see how the American people will benefit from that. And it will happen in numerous ways. Well, and it, it one of the ways that it's empirically already benefited the United States, an example of cutting defense spending, was how the uh, budget cuts to the D- Pentagon in the 1990s that significantly went down under Bill Clinton um, helped the economy. It basically freed up capital uh, and government spending, and of course the deficits were reduced, uh, turned into surpluses. Um, yeah, so the, the, the War Powers Act uh, lawsuit or whatever it is, uh, is uh, <laughs> hypocrisy. Bizarre. Uh, and bizarre. And uh, you know, John Boehner is sort of involved in it. It's it's very peculiar because um, I, I I don't quite understand Boehner at times. He 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 seems like he likes to throw these bones uh, to the Tea Party uh, constituency, and uh, that's basically uh, in full regalia now in our Republican presidential debates that occurred last week. I watched about two-thirds of it. It was pretty pretty difficult viewing uh, because there seemed to be widespread amnesia on stage. Um, the media declared Michelle Bachman the winner, <laughs> along with Romney. They didn't lay a glove on him. And Paul Enti was declared the loser because he didn't follow up with Obamacare, his little slur at Mitt Romney. Was Santorum participating? Santorectum was there. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> Whatever you do, people, don't Google search his name. <laughs> he, uh, you know, the, 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 the candidacies themselves are, are fascinating. I think now that we're officially, I guess, going to get an announcement from uh, uh, John Huntsman tomorrow, mm-hmm. we can definitely declare this uh, as Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. <laughs> 
Um, with Romney, really, I mean, he's the only one that has, in my mind, any legitimacy whatsoever. Pawlenty looks like he took a bad turn somewhere or needs to, has diarrhea and he needs to get to the bathroom. He doesn't look comfortable on stage. Newt Gingrich, I think, has uh, gracefully accepted the fact that he is a carnival barker at the end of the day. <laughs> he's going nowhere. And uh, he's got still uh, little small burns and abrasions from the Jiffy Pop explosion that uh, went off when his entire staff of advisors quit. Yeah. He's had, all, he's had so many problems uh, that have followed his announcement for the presidency. They're hard to document, but uh, he appeared at the Republican Leadership Council over the weekend in New Orleans and became the elder statesman of the party. He declared that we need to, the Republicans need to have a broad-based, overwhelming landslide victory so that we can end, as he put it, 80 years of liberal rule. (laughs) What in the world is he talking about? What are you talking about, Newt? Um, I mean, does he really believe that when he says that? I mean, honestly... That's, it's it's just staggering. 80 years of liberal rule is what he called it. Uh, look, the House Progressive Caucus has 77 members. They don't even form a significant vote. Well, it's a, it's a block, but it's not a significant voting block, even in the House of Representatives. Uh, and uh, their numbers have always been uh, below 100. Now, I think there was a time back during the Great Depression... Um, when the progressive uh, membership may have been higher back when farmers, for instance, in the, in the western states uh, tended to understand the purposes of the New Deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, FDR, of course, created a coalition of intellectuals and liberals, but he combined this with farmers, southerners, African Americans, Jews, and other minorities, so to speak, and it was always difficult navigating this coalition with the Southern Democrats. Um, Glass-Steagall, for instance, which, which came about as a result of the uh, um, uh, Great Depression, were actually two uh, Southern um, congressmen. <laughs> um, people in that day and age realized that the banks, and of course what what Glass-Steagall did at the time was uh, uh, separate banks from being stock uh, involved in the stock exchange, Mm -hmm. uh, not allowing them to make risky trades, which of course was repealed by the urgency of the Republican Party. So instead what we heard in the Republican debate was there's too much regulation, too much taxation, and uh, to paraphrase uh, Herman Cain, we need to boost the economy. He said this like three times. I'm like, what are you talking about? What do you mean boost the economy? I, it was that like a child booster seat? I mean, <laughs> he need, Obama needs to boost the economy. I'm like, what does that mean? That, that used to mean priming the pump. So after watching yeah. this debate, I concluded that the, well, the... Uh, seven dwarfs consist of smelly, flirty, squ- squarey, <laughs> grumpy, unably, able, nutty, and cane. <laughs> cane and able. We'll, we'll give uh, Romney the uh, uh, 
the moniker of ably <laughs> uh yeah it, remarkable stuff and of course michelle bachman said it perfectly we have a story to tell yes stories indeed picture book stories uh, fantasies and fiction midnight uh, rides of paul revere <laughs> And the ghost of Franklin Delano Roosevelt hovering over every unguarded wallet. I think the one thing that we can say about the debates regarding uh, Michelle Bachman was how superior she was to her opponents. And she stole the bacon from Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin is undoubtedly sitting in her Arizona compound right now, tanning herself, asking hubby to pass the baby oil, because she's... Mark my words, that... Uh playboy uh sarah palin centerfold it will happen yeah and she's humming the tunes of the sounds of silence because we haven't heard too much of her since the historical rendition by stephen colbert <laughs> the midnight ride of paul revere <laughs> oh, 80 years <laughs> of liberal rule rule and that's you know that's Newt, I think, gracefully accepting the fact that he's committed so many blunders and gaffes. Uh, Tiffany's, you know, the Greek vacation, <laughs> the uh, gaffe about, uh, you know, right-wing, left-wing social engineering regarding Obamacare. Yeah. Well, and his Medicare, connections to uh, offshore online gambling websites yeah. sort of lurking in the background of all of these things. Uh, we did get a call uh, came in forwarded to us to the engineer who asked what about ron paul well ron paul and, is uh, came across as a grumpy old man uh very confused about economics i don't think he quite understands why the federal reserve was created he has a constituency make no mistake of it he's not going to be out of this race anytime soon and for the record he won the straw poll at the republican leadership council down in new orleans where Michelle Bachman made an appearance. Well, the bizarre thing to contemplate is how much money will be spent by sleepy, smelly, ably, <laughs> etc. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Romney's the most likely to emerge. And, of yeah. course, he's got untold buckets of cash. And but, uh, untold <clears throat> buckets of contradictions, hypocrisy, yeah. backtracking, and a guy that still looks kind of confused about who he is. I'll give Bachman credit on that. Uh, her eyes are affixed forward. It's almost as if she's got toothpicks in them. There's so much mascara and goop on her eyeballs that uh, they can't even open. They can blink uh, repeatedly. It's fascinating, by the way, that a recent Harper's Index noted that the amount of federal subsidies given to the family farm of Michelle Bachman, Republican from Minnesota, since 2001... A hundred and fifty-four thousand seven hundred and fifty-five. Why, that sounds like pork. Ethanol, anybody? <laughs> and well, uh, and, yeah, and, and here's another uh, <laughs> uh, interesting statistic. Uh, we heard a lot of uh, hot air about uh, how much money, uh, taxpayer money, is wasted on the uh, liberal national public radio from all of the mm -hmm. uh, Republicans and right wingers. The amount of federal money that went to National Public Radio in the year 2010, $2,700,000. The amount of federal money that went to Jerry Falwell's Liberty University, $446 million. 
So follow the money. <laughs> follow the money, and uh, 